Mr. Grinch. You really are a heel. You're as cuddly as a cactus and as charming as an eel, Mr. Grinch. You're a bad banana with a greasy black Thank you, thank you, thank you. You can be seated. Uh, I just want to say there's a first time for everything, so that was the first time to be, like, led up here by the Grinch, right? So it's great to be with you, and these are really wild days. We are thankful for the opportunity that we can actually return the favor to Pastor Dwayne and Chris about six weeks ago. Uh, Pastor Dwayne came to the Abbey, did the same thing for us as I was at home and Perry Ann and I were at home, quarantined, quarantined, recovering from COVID as well. And all is good. God is good. Therefore, all is good. And he works all things for our good. Hallelujah. And we're so thankful that we have family. You know, I don't know about you, but one thing we've discovered this year is the importance and the strength that come comes from being family, from having family and being family more than any other year. I think it's, it's reality, Psalm 68, that says he sets the solitary into families, and he's setting individuals that have been isolated into the family of God and into family. And you guys are a great church family. You guys really do church as family. And that is not what you see everywhere. And that is something actually to be celebrated and appreciated and honored is doing life as family. We've been family with pastors Dwayne and Chris, their family, as well as, as well as you all for, for many, many years, and we're very, very grateful for that. Hallelujah. How many of you know that the main thing in family is a family's the place where you are loved? As I like to say, it warts and all. You are loved for being you in everything that that means and anything that that means. You are still loved and believed in because you're family. And there's, wait for it, nothing you can do about it. You are loved and there's nothing you can do about it. You know, that is because God is a family. He is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He exists as we say a triune God. That's not a technical term. That means that God is a relational God. He exists actually in the relationship within himself and he has enfolded us into that relationship and called us family. 
His existence and His love is relational. And so you are a part of the family of God. When you make Jesus your Lord, you're embraced into a family. You're not just saved to go to heaven, but you are captivated, captured, and embraced into a family. Today we are talking about love and with everything that's gone on this year and all the things that have been canceled, you cannot cancel Christmas because Christmas is not an event. It's not a day on the calendar. Christmas is a purpose of God for that He sent His beloved Son. So we're going to look at John chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. We are all familiar with it. It's the most quoted scripture. It is the most familiar scripture. But let's take a fresh look at it again. John 3, 16, and we're going to make sure we read verse 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that everyone who believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. God so loved. Who loved? God loved. Jesus loves us. This we know. But listen, the Father doesn't hate you. The Father sent Jesus because the Father loves you. The Father, His love sent His Son. Jesus represented the love of the Father. When did He send Him? He sent Him in our past, didn't He? For Israel, it was their future. For us, it was our past. A guy named P.C. Nelson was a, a great theologian, Bible scholar in the early 20th century, he said this, the key to the New Testament and the key to grace and, and faith is found in the tenses of the New Testament. What's he mean by that? Past, present, or future tenses. The New Testament is written about the fact of what has been done. God so loved that he gave, past tense. Jesus came Jesus died on the cross. Jesus was raised from the dead. Jesus sat down at the right hand of the Father, and there's nothing you can do about it. You can't stop that. You can't cancel that. You can't stop the love of God that acted on your behalf and my behalf. He did it for you. He did it in spite of us. He did it because of us, because of his love for us. He took action of his own accord. He didn't even have to check with us. He just did it because he loves you and I that much. He gave. He Sent. Love, I like to say love has a vector. Love has a direction. Love has a power. It always reaches out. It doesn't take in. 
it gives out. And God the Father loved us so much to give and to send. And when he sent, he didn't send an army to conquer. He so loved the world, he wanted to change the world. The world was in a bad condition. How many of you realize this year it's not such great condition now? So what does he do now to change the world? He sends love. He sent love in his son, but now he sends love in his sons, his daughters. He is still sending. He didn't send an army to conquer or to condemn. He sent a son to save. He sent a son to change the world. I believe that love, not any love, not all love, but God's love is the most powerful change agent in the world. It's the most transformational force in the world. If you want to change the world, it starts with love. It starts first with receiving the love of the Father. When He wanted to change the world, He sent His Son as a baby. This year has had some challenges, right? It's had some, it's had some challenges. It's had some fears. I want to I wanna say and just admit openly and honestly that, that 2020, if you had to title it, it's been in the world like the year of fear. It's been in the world like what's next for what we have to be afraid of. Like now they're even saying there's other viruses that are coming out of China and there's, there's all kinds of different things. And, does, oh, you know, I'm afraid to wear a mask. I'm afraid not to wear a mask. I, I'm afraid of who's going to be in power. I'm afraid of who's not going to be in power. Right? It's been a year of fear. And I don't know about you, but I, the way I was taught is we should have fearless faith. And, and so I want to dig down and I want to build a faith that has no fear. I want to have fearless faith. But actually, my Bible doesn't say to build faith in the face of fear. It actually says that love drives out fear. So rather than me trying to build my own faith, I need to come back and rediscover and discover on a deeper level the love that displaces and drives out fear. So John said it this way, there is no fear in love. Love has no fear, but perfect love drives out fear because fear involves punishment and the one who fears has not been perfected in love. So if I'm struggling and striving against anxieties and fears, I don't just need a stronger faith. I need a deeper love. I need to know deeper that I am loved. I don't, listen, I need to love others better. I need to love others well. I need to love others more. But I will not love others more until I know deeper how well and, and how much more I am loved by my heavenly Father. So I need to rediscover his love for, for me. In doing that, faith is almost automatic. 
Faith is a byproduct of love. Faith comes out of experiencing, not just knowing about, but experiencing the love of God. Faith comes out of knowing his love for us that we can trust in his love. Romans chapter 10, verse 17. Many of you be very familiar with it. We, we kind of cut our teeth on it. Pastor Dwayne and Pastor Chris and, and us, we kind of cut our teeth in the Word of Faith movement on Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So in the day, we, we really, and, and this is not bad, this is good, but I'm going to tell you something better. How many of you realize you can have good, but there's better? So what is good is that I need to fill up my word tank. I need to, if I'm, if I'm struggling with, with fear or anxiety or need faith for a breakthrough, we're told to go get more of the word. And that's good. That's not wrong. We need more of the word. But more than the word, we need the author who wrote the word. And so when we actually look at Romans 10, 17, a better translation of what is written in the Greek is, is not just that faith comes. Faith isn't up there, and we're trying to get it down here. Faith is already in here. Every To every man's been given the measure of faith. And so it actually says faith wakes up. Faith will awaken when we hear and when we hear the word. So the faith that we have on the inside gets stimulated and becomes awake and becomes engaged and becomes active and becomes alive when we hear the word, but that is the, the word, the message of Christ, the spoken word, the rhema. It's not the logos, which is the whole of the concepts of the word. It's the rhema. It's when we hear the word spoken. When, listen, I can, I can read a book and get information. You know, I can, I can read something that tells me that this person is committed to me. But when they say it to my face, I don't just hear the word. I, I hear the voice. I see the face. I hear the intonation. I sense their commitment. Faith is awakened in us when we hear the voice of God. When we experience the presence that comes with it. So we need the information of the word. We need to know the promises of God. But when those promises come alive because they become prophetic to our life, because in a place of prayer we hear the voice of God speak that same promise in this moment for us, there's a presence that comes with the promise that awakens my heart, that gives me the strength, and it gives me the 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 whoopsva, the humpsva, the whatever you want to call it, the thing that you can't put a word to that says, I'm going to get through this. I'm going to make it to the other side. I'm not going to go under for going over. Jesus said we're going over. I have a promise, but I heard him say it, so we're not going under in this ship. Hallelujah. That's why I love Dante Bo's song, The Voice of God. And sometimes you hear it strong. Sometimes you hear it faint, soft. 
It's just like it's there on the margins of the, outs, the edge of your consciousness. You go, I, 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 I think that's the Holy Ghost. Sometimes it comes through a word somebody says. Let me, let me just be transparent with you. This last Friday was my birthday. It was my birthday. And someone, someone said, you turned 35. I said, again, and again, and again, and again, and again. And, and so on that morning, not planned for my birthday, some of the guys in the church, we hadn't gotten together. We used to do breakfast together, you know, once, once a week. And we hadn't done that in a long time since March. And so someone just sent out a text, hey, guys, let's, let's do breakfast, whoever can, whoever will. So we went to breakfast, and sitting there at breakfast, there was about five of us, and it was my birthday. I didn't know they knew, but they knew, and somebody told them. And so one at a, one at a time, one of each guy just began to tell me what I meant to their life. And just gave me words of affirmation, words of appreciation. And I, you know, I'm a year old man. Sitting in a country diner, crying like a baby. And God used that moment in my life through the words that came to pull down some lies. Let me just say when you're in isolation... When there's separation, there's space. And the, the enemy, the enemy of our soul loves to fill that space with his words. Love, and he usually does it with questions. You know, and, and, and I'm a pastor. And a lot of times with pastors, it's, are they really with you? Are they really watching? You know, are they, are they, really, are they really hearing how many people they listen to? Oh, that's a good one. Are they just wandering sheep? As pastors, our hearts for the sheep, because we love the sheep, and we want to we want to protect. And so these five guys just began to speak words. Looking back, I'm thinking I think they planned this. In the moment, it was just a moment. Here's the thing. That was the voice of God in my life. That did more to awaken faith in me than reading six chapters. Now, I'll read the six chapters, but what I needed in that moment and to tear down the walls, to tear down the lies, to, to turn the light on in my shadows was a human voice speaking words of God to my soul. And how much we need that in this season. It might be at breakfast. It might be over the phone. It might be a FaceTime call. But we need that. Because that is an expression of the love of God. That brings strength and awakens faith to our soul. And that is how God changes the world. He sends his son. He sends a word. He speaks with his voice into our life it changes us it transforms us and then he sends us to be the messenger to speak those words into somebody else's life 
So that when we speak in somebody else's life, it changes their world. This is how, oh, I don't know if you do this. This is how we do it. I just hear songs in my head. This is how we do it. I'm not a musician, but I'm married to one, so I still hear songs. This is how we do it. This is how God changes the world. He sends a person, he sends a baby with a, on a mission with a, with a message to speak words of love. And if you think that you are beyond that, let me say, even Jesus was not beyond the need to have words of affirmation and a love and approval. Before he entered his mission, the last thing that happened before he entered his mission was John the Baptist baptized him in the River Jordan and a, a, a dove descended on him. The Spirit descended on him like a dove and a voice from heaven spoke, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. That simple statement gave Jesus the fortitude to go through three and a half years of persecution, turmoil, challenge, all the way to his death on the cross to get to the resurrection. The words, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Those words fortified him. And it fortified him specifically against the temptations of the enemy just days later when the Spirit led him into the wilderness. And what was the enemy's temptation in his life? The enemy's temptation was, if you are the Son of God. It's amazing he left that word beloved off. He said, if you are the Son, prove it. Turn the, these rocks into bread. If you're the son, prove it. Jump off the pinnacle of the temple. If you're the son, prove it. Because in our humanity, and God was made a human, this can challenge some people, therefore he was subject to humanity. In our humanity, the, the temptation of the enemy is to say we're not enough. Well, I'm, I'm not smart enough. I'm not skinny enough. I'm not fill in the blank enough. And it is in that space that the enemy wants to fill with lies that God has spoken, you're my beloved. You are enough for me. You are enough. You're made in my image. You are enough. I love you just the way you are. And you don't have to prove anything to anybody. So Jesus settled down into that. So yeah, man doesn't live by bread alone. He lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. He doesn't just live by the information. He lives by the spoken word. Man lives by God's voice into him. So that's where he found his security, is hearing the voice of God, hearing the voice of his Father. Every day, he found that place 
of security and peace contained in the love of his father. That's where he knew he was enough for what he was called to do. The same thing's true for us. We'll never be enough in ourselves. We are enough in him. Hallelujah. So, you cannot cancel the love. You can't cancel Christmas because you can't cancel the love that God had for us in that he sent his son. The love is here to stay. The love he sent already, and there's nothing we can do about it. And it's that love that transforms the world. That love, Jesus identifies in Matthew chapter 5, verse 43 through 46. He says, you have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. He causes his son to, to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? So he's talking about the power of transformation that is contained in love. That love that he sent in his son, that he sends into our life, transforms us. And it's that same love through us that transforms the world. It's that same love through us that empowers us not just to love our, our, the people we like. It's his love through us that empowers us to love our enemies. So that's not a requirement for us. That is a provision to us. It is an expectation of what will be expressed, but it's not a demand on us. It is a supply to us that his love transforms us so much that his love flows through us to love others that we would normally not love. That's what changes the world. When people who expect their enemy to reject them, to criticize them, to destroy them, actually love them. That's what Jesus is talking about. He's, he, in the Sermon on the Mount, he's saying, turn the other cheek. We're going to change the world by not reacting to the world the world's way but by the love of the Father, when we're transformed, we can transform others around us until it changes the whole world. And I think if anything this year, we've learned of the opportunity to change the world. We've learned that the world is yet needing to be changed. Can I say crying out to be changed? Our streets, our neighborhoods are crying out for love. And this year, our opportunity has been to receive more of the love of the Father so that we can be more the love of the Father to the world around us. Aaron's coming. 
while I share with you a poem by my favorite contemporary theologian. Somebody might be familiar with this. I'll tell you who it is at the end. It, I'm calling it a poem. It's actually a song that might give it away. But this has been ringing out in my heart this week, thinking about the love of the Father that came through the Son. That when he said God so loved the world, his plan was to embrace the world and change the world through his love. So the poem goes like this. The shackles are all done. Un, the sh I'm going to start again. The shackles are all undone. The bullets quit the gun. The heat that's in the sun, S-O-N, will keep us when there's none. The rule has been disproved. The stone, it has been moved. The grave is now a groove, and all debts are removed. Oh, can't you see what love has done? Oh, can't you see what love has done? Oh, can't you see what love has done? What it's doing to me. Oh, can't you see what love has done to every broken heart? Oh, can't you see what love has done for every heart that cries? Love left a window in the skies. And to love, I rhapsodize. Only Bono could write that. Love left a window in the skies. The heavens have been rent. Love came down and rescued me. Love came down and set me free. There's no more separation. There's no more barrier. There's no more wall. It's already been done. Love came down transformed my life. Would you stand with me? Let's pray. Then we're going to just spend some time singing about His reckless love that's pursued you, pursued me, knocks down every wall, climbs mountains, does whatever it takes, turns lights on in the shadows of our life, replaces lies with truth. I believe that this Christmas week, this Christmas season, this moment in your personal history, God wants to meet you with His love. He wants you to know that you're enough for Him. Because that's what He did is in sending His love is to make, make you enough through His death, burial, and resurrection. 
Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that you loved us. Lord, it's not that we love you first, but you loved us first. And because you loved us, because you do love us, we love you. You rescued us. You saved us. And with your love, you send us. Even as the Father sent the Son, so Jesus said, so I send you. Lord, we pray for a surge of the love of God. We pray for a wave of the love of God. We pray for a powerful transformation by the love of God in our homes, in our neighborhoods, in our cities, Lord, in our nation. We pray for a great outpouring of the love of God in this hour to heal our land. We thank you, Lord, that you didn't send an army to conquer. You sent a son to save. You change us by the power of your love. In Jesus' name. Yeah.